Hey there, it's Amanda here, the founder of Astrology Hub, and I'd like to invite you to join me and 12 top astrologers for our sixth annual free 2022 forecast panel event happening this December 8th and 9th. And with the USA's Pluto return, the nodal access shift, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, and some other really key transits happening next year, it would be ideal to get the astrological weather forecast early so you can be prepared for what's ahead. You'll hear expert astrological insights from astrologers like Achu Bava, Adam Summer, Stormy Grace, Gary Caton, Michael Bryan, Christopher Renstrom, Jen Zart, and more. The event is free and will be taking place on December 8th and 9th, 2021. If you can't join us live or for the full event, make sure you register so we know to send you the limited time recordings. To reserve your spot, register today at astrologyhub.com slash forecast panel. We hope to see you there. Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. And today we are very excited to be doing another episode in our 2022 series. Helping you understand what you can be doing now to prepare for the energies that are coming our way. We're going to be focusing on the most important transits of 2022, the themes of 2022. And today I'm so excited to be here with Michael Bryan, who is an amazing astrologer. He's going to be one of our inner circle guides in 2022. And we're just so excited to have you here back on the show, Michael. Michael was here for episode 283 and it's uh, it was called Advocating for Astrology. I think anybody who tuned into that episode fell in love with Michael just as much as we did. So it's great to have him back. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me again, Amanda. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. All right. So just a little bit about Michael. If you want his full story, make sure you check out that episode 283. But a little bit about Michael right now. He's an astrologer, a counseling hypnotherapist, and broadcast journalist with a history as a radio, a radio host based in Nassau, Bahamas. He studied astrology, divination, and the Western esoteric tradition since 2005. From his childhood, his life has been spent becoming an astrologer and a modern mystic. He combines these eclectic traditions into his concrete astrological counseling and hypnotherapy practice. Within the realm of his healing practice are certified Ayurvedic counselor, certified Iyengar yoga teacher, Jikiden Reiki Shihan Kaku teacher, God, I hope I said that right, and master hypnotherapist. And um, today we're going to be focusing a lot on your astrological perspective of 2022. Awesome. Thank you again, Amanda. And that's a pretty long bio. We're going to have to chop that down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we get to hang out with you again um, tomorrow for the the Pluto and the fate of the USA premium panel that we're doing with Michael Bryan, Rick Merlin Levine, Divine Harmony, and Adam Gainsburg. Any of you who are interested in joining that, make sure you go to astrologyhub.com slash USA Pluto return. It's going to be a very, very exciting event. And even if you catch this after it, so this is November 11th, it's going to be live on um, November 12th. And if you miss that date, you can still go and get the recording. So we're going to be covering all kinds of stuff like economics, political, social, just like the big transformational energy that the United States is in. And, and by default, the whole world, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all, we're all going through different stages of this together. Mm -hmm. So, 
Okay, Michael, let's dive into 2022. So you, you said that the theme is fog versus illumination. So let's just talk about that. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of us have been focusing a lot on the U.S. Pluto return, but we're also going to be having a Neptune opposition in terms of the chart of the USA. Mm. And so in the context of the Neptune opposition, that's really going to also be a major theme coming up for us as we move into 2022. And as many of us know, Neptune is a planet of of all things rose-colored, but it's also a planet that deals with illumination as well as on that spectrum of illumination is also things like deception and fog and things that are clouded and having our perception clouded. And another word that I am really, that I've been exploring more and more in terms of Neptune and Neptune contacts is this concept of, of this disillusionment. So not just being in a state of illusion, but also being in a state of disillusionment and fundamentally coming to an awareness that there is fog and there is something to see through and that we begin to see through some of the some of the layers or some of the things that stand in the way of us actually having clear perception. And because this is such a worldwide event, I feel as if it has a lot to do with us seeing really behind the skirts or behind the curtains of what looks like a really good system on the outside, but what really has some fundamental flaws on the inside. And oftentimes when we go through these periods of seeing beneath or seeing behind the curtain, what's really there, a lot of people come out on the other side feeling let down, feeling disappointed, and often feeling as if they need to find a deeper connection to something deeper within their lives. It's like when when the systems that we trust in don't work, what else is there that actually gives us a sense of real security? And what else is there that actually gives us a sense of real connection, not just with each other, but also to something greater than ourselves? And so as we move into 2022, I think that it is definitely going to be a Plutonian year. And we know that Pluto has to do with these transformations, of course, but also connected to Pluto is this theme of forced initiation, as in we're not ready, as in we're still very comfortable to be where we are. We're still very comfortable in terms of the framework of how things are and the familiar uh, home environments or the familiar comforts that we're used to. But Pluto comes in and it forces us beyond the threshold of initiation. And for a lot of us, that can be a growing up process. And very often that's a painful growing up process. And I think that since we have these two things happening at the same time in the U.S., both the Pluto return as well as the Neptune opposition, that we're bound to really be in the position and the world at large and really this country at large is bound to be in the position where more and more people really start to ask deeper questions about what really is real and what really is valuable and what really allows them to feel a sense of depth within their lives. Oh. Wow. I mean, just some light pondering for 2022, right? <laughs> I mean, basically, we're going to be what, what I'm hearing from you is that because of this combination of Neptune and Pluto. So with Neptune, we're getting this disillusionment, this mm -hmm. um, it's like you're seeing the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. You know, you're, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, really? It was it was that behind all that. Mm -hmm. um, so in that there's the, the disillusionment and then with Pluto, 
there's the transformation that's as a result of that. But it sounds to me like you're saying, if we're asking those questions, you know, where does security really come from? Mm-hmm. What do I really value? What is actually real? Where have I placed my faith in things that are unreal? Yeah. That it sounds to me like you're saying it's it's not necessarily going to be comfortable, but it could be very fruitful for us. Mm-hmm. It could be a very a very intense time of growing up and having more ownership and power in our own individual lives. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, if we look at the ways in which Neptune and the ways in which the transits of Neptune have impacted uh, America throughout time, or rather things that have coincided in American history with some of the harder transits of Neptune. Uh, one of them in, in the spring and the summer of 1816, we had what was called the year without a summer. And in that year, there was literally a dry fog that descended on America and neither wind nor rainfall could make this fog go away. So it was literally the most Neptunian, the most literal expression of Neptune when Neptune was square Neptune in 1816, that there was this, this thickened fog, essentially, that nothing could disperse. And I mean, moving through and going through that, if we go to, say, for example, 1857, we have what's called the Panic of 1857, where I think there was an insurance company that suspended payments, and it led to this period of time where people, it was similar to a depression, essentially, mm-hmm. where people, they, they, they didn't know where they could find security mm-hmm. because they weren't finding it in terms of the financial structures that, that had existed before. And it, sent, it created an entire year of panic, essentially. And so when I look at the, the, the fog, this fog of 1816, and then coming through and seeing this panic of 1857, there is this concept that whenever Neptune has these hard aspects to itself, it creates something that fundamentally forces us to reevaluate where we take comfort. You know, if we think about uh, uh, an entire spring and summer of a fog, a thick fog that covered the entire place and we couldn't see anything and it just completely obscured everything, we begin to, if we move every single day of our lives for an entire spring and summer through fog, we start to not trust our environment around us because we don't know whether or not we're stepping forward into something secure or whether we're going to fall into a pothole. And so that's kind of how Neptune operates. You know, when we're going through that Neptunian mist or that Neptunian fog, we're not really sure what the next outcome of our next step will be, which means we have to become that much more certain within ourselves about the tools that we carry within ourselves because the world around us is obscured by something something nebulous. And, and you know, we, we talk about mists and fogs and smoke when it comes to Neptune, but it's obscured in a way that doesn't actually allow us to feel safe. And I mean, if we keep going through, I mean, even the Great Depression happened also during another one of these other hard aspects of Neptune to itself. And so we have we have this this theme that follows us or that follows Neptune having either the square or the opposition to itself throughout time. But also, I mean, within that, it's not just all awful things. I mean, it seems pretty intense. And in that intensity, it does cause us to say, where does my security lie? So there's this there's this thing of, as I move out within the fog, I have to find a sense of illuminating myself from within. 
And I have to find a sense of having a light within me that allows the path before me to be laid clear because we cannot trust in the light of the world to be our guiding source. And I think a lot of people really come to that realization, especially, you know, we just went through a whole situation in 2020 where there was so much going on and we didn't know what to trust. We didn't even know if we could trust having our own families over. So when we when we pass through these, through these um bottlenecks of these Neptunian experiences, it causes us to fundamentally lose trust and to lose faith. But in that process of losing faith in things that were transient or in things that weren't real to begin with, we learn how to fund a deeper sense of trust in our own internal tools and our own internal skills to guide our lives. And in periods like this, Amanda, I think that this is when people really turn to spirituality, which is a part of why Neptune on that spectrum of fog and illumination, we also find things like visionaries coming up. Because a visionary is fundamentally a person who, in the midst of going through an intense moment of distrust, is able to find something within themselves that serves as a light. And they're able to use that light to not only guide themselves to a place of greater clarity, but also guide others to places of greater clarity. So we find the visionaries and the mystics and the artists and you know all of these people rising up within these Neptunian moments because Neptune forces us into this position of discomfort so that we can find a deeper sense of what is truly spiritually nourishing. So, I mean, we have all of that other stuff going on in the physical world, but as the physical world around us passes through this, this dry fog of Neptune, I think it also gives a lot of us the opportunity to lean more deeply into our astrology and lean more deeply into the mystical and the magical things that we do to really nourish our souls. Wow. There is so much there. Michael, I have a few just like technical questions about the timing of things. And then I would love to further unpack what you just shared. But when is the Neptune opposition like directly Mm -hmm. and how long does it last? So the Neptune opposition is going to be March 1st, 2021. That's roughly the the time of that. And that's the- 2022? Uh, 2022. Okay, okay. <laughs> pardon me, pardon me. It's 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 March 1st, 2022. And it's going to follow the Pluto, the, the Pluto return, which you know is going to be in February, around February 20th or 21st, depending on which mm-hmm. program or ephemeris you're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to these transits of the slower moving planets, they represent an era of time that we're moving into. So it would be lovely if we could say that it's going to last for a day or if it's going to last for a week. But when these things happen, they represent an era of time that we're stepping into. And so this, you know, when we think about the Great Depression of 1938, which was the Neptune opposition, that caused an entire situation that fundamentally restructured America as we know it. And that fundamentally restructured our relationship to the economy as we know it. And so when I look at this upcoming Neptune opposition, I'm, I'm using this based on everything that we know that's already happened in the United States and all of the things that we already can observe by research and that sort of thing. But this is also, in my opinion, going to be something that ushers us into a completely new era uh, where 
it isn't just a year thing. You know, it, it would be lovely if we could say it was just 2022. But I really think that this is something that we're looking at as a generational thing that completely shifts our relationship to this entire generation in very much the same way that I think the Pluto return is going to do the same thing. Wow. So we have these two majorly significant events coinciding next mm-hmm. year. And and I love um, when Rick Merlin Levine talks about the cardinal points as like hinges of a door. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is like this door opens and we're now entering, we're crossing a threshold and entering into an entirely new era, as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think, so, and I think you you kind of, you kind of alluded to this, but you know, when 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 we're losing faith in some of these external structures and some of these places where we've put our faith, which by the way, if you're feeling like that, if you're feeling like you've lost trust and you've lost you've lost faith, what I'm hearing from Michael is you're right on track. Like you're actually where you need to be because that's part of this disillusionment process that is going to help you find a deeper, more true sense of reality mm-hmm. and your role in reality. But do you think, you know, where does astrology fall on this to you? Like, does astrology, because to me, astrology is always this, it's this timeless thing that it gives us guidance. Although it can feel outside of us, it's actually just a reflection of what's inside of us. It's almost more of like a confirmation of our internal guidance. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you see astrology in relation to things like Neptune and illusionment and disillusionment, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Amanda, that's a that's a great question. And there's a word in traditional astrology, and that word is peregrine. And peregrine refers to basically when a planet has absolutely no strength in a particular degree of the zodiac where it is. It has no it has no dignity, no anything. It's just there. This word peregrine really refers to someone who is just roving within the world without a sense of being embodied and feeling as if they're passing through a strange land where they don't speak the language and people around them don't understand them and they don't understand people around them. And oftentimes when we get Neptuned, it sets us up to feel as if we're going through that experience, you know, that Elizabeth Gilbert experience of eat, pray, love. It it sets us up where we where we lose a lot. And oftentimes it can be that we lose everything or we lose a relationship that we thought would last forever or we lose a house and a relationship to a home that we thought would last forever or we lose a job that we thought would last forever. And these Neptunian moments fundamentally cause us to reevaluate the places and the things that we've deeply identified ourselves with. Because when Neptune passes through, it teaches us that nothing is real. Like, you know, we we hold on so heavily to our identification as this person's mother or this person's father or this person's friend or this person's enemy. And then we build this, we, we, we build this version of ourselves in the world that's based on all of these identifications. But when Neptune comes in, it it oftentimes, you know, I've heard people say that they've been Neptuned, <laughs> Neptuned, but I've, I've heard people say that they've been Neptuned and people would just bump into them all the time as if they weren't even there wow. or as if, you know, they just couldn't see them because when Neptune, when you get Neptuned, it's a sense of you don't even know where you are. Mm. And I've heard people get Neptuned and really go through some extraordinary things in life 
that that caused them to literally lose everything from their home to weight to to everything to the point where it feels as if they they have no ability to hold on to anything because everything seems as if it's being sucked or as if it's being drained away from them. And in moments like that, uh, Amanda, I think astrology comes in and astrology has the ability to not only identify that moment where you are, but because of the nature of astrology, it also has the ability to let you know that this moment won't last forever. And that for me is the most important thing that astrology can give us. You know, I've I think about my own Neptunian experiences and, and you know, falling in love under uh, under a Neptune transit or when Neptune was on my seventh or something and realizing that those moments when that happened or in this particular example that I'm thinking about, I got so deeply sucked into something to the point where I couldn't tell where myself ended and that relationship began because it becomes this this blurring and this complete loss of your individual identity because you get so sucked into the concept of becoming a part of something. And, and essentially at the end of that relationship and at the end of any major Neptunian experience that I could think of myself going through, astrology became such a tool for me because in the middle of that crisis of not being able to find myself, of not being able to see myself, of, of moving through my own home, feeling as if my home was judging me because of how little of myself still remained in the light of such an awful period of my life, I opened my ephemeris and I realized that that moment was too was also passing. Mm. And that's, that's astrology. And that's what astrology gives us, the perspective to know that as awful as a moment may be, it's going to pass. And so I think that people during this moment will want to turn more to astrology. And then that causes us as the astrological community to need to step up with greater tools and greater skills to help people. Because what I think a lot of us are going to find people coming to us and saying as astrologers is my whole life just got torn apart or the ground beneath me just melted from beneath my feet or I had everything that I ever wanted in my life up until yesterday and yesterday it all just vanished and and it, it's still vanishing and I don't know how to stop it from vanishing. And I think the astrologer is really going to have to step forward as standing in that middle ground for someone and really being a lifeboat and really being a lighthouse for people during this coming time, this coming era and I think that the world is going to turn to astrology more than ever because the things that used to work don't work anymore. And it's forcing people to look for more answers. Even people who may have been skeptical before, it's forcing people to look for more answers outside of themselves because they realize that the traditional places where they thought they could get answers from just don't have the ability to hold space for the soul as it goes through a transition like this. Wow. I completely agree with you, Michael, and I've been getting that message so clearly lately that there's going to be a lot of people really needing support. What do you say to, I mean, because it's not like astrologers are immune to the energies themselves. Mm -hmm. So they also may be going through something pretty cataclysmic in their own life. How do you coach or, or, or what, what do you say to astrologers as you're training them or teaching them or getting them ready to go out into the world as astrologers when it comes to, to that? 
that's that's a that's a really tough question, Amanda. And and truthfully, all I've been able to do, and all I've been saying to to my own student body is to just practice your astrology and just be extraordinarily good at that astrology and know that within the context of the astrology that you practice, you have the ability to see what's coming. And if you can see what's coming, that's the first, that's that's usually the first thing in terms of not necessarily averting difficulties, but preparing for difficulties. Yeah. So if you can see that something is coming up and that feels like it, you're stepping into a fog and it's not the right time to sign any contracts and it's not the right time to tie yourself to anything and it's not the right time to propose and it's not the right time to really step forward into doing those sorts of things, then you have this wonderful tool of astrology and this wonderful tool of astrology has the ability to help you see ahead and not just see ahead in terms of the world, because I think that that's one thing, you know, a lot of us in coming together and having this conversation tomorrow, we're talking about mundane astrology in, in a large sense. But I think that that mundane astrology becomes very meaningful when we can root it back into our own natal charts. And how are these things impacting me within the context of my own natal chart? And what do I need to be aware of within the context of my own life? Because if we can all build a clearer self-understanding of how the cosmos, of how this celestial influx is specifically impacting us in any given moment, then we have the ability to not be crushed by the wave, which is often people's experience of, of going through any sort of Neptune, Pluto, anything, the sense of being crushed by the wave or the sense of being overpowered by forces greater than yourself. But it allows you to experience that wave with a spirit of stability and ease within yourself. And it allows you to move as the cosmos around you is moving and not necessarily stand in the way of change. And this year and this era that we're stepping into is definitely one that's teaching us to be adaptable and it's teaching us to be flexible and it's teaching us to not take anything personally. You know, I think, you know, it sounds like the four agreements, but it's teaching us to really not take anything personally because Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, I've said to my students before that they exist so far from our Earth. You know, the, the ancients had this concept of, of a seven planetary system, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, Moon, because Saturn is the furthest planet that we could see with the naked eye. And so in a large sense, you know, we could see Saturn and Saturn can also see us. And therefore there's something within Saturn that, that resonates with our humanity. And there's something within Saturn that specifically also has our best interest at heart, even if it doesn't feel that way. Whereas Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, we need technology. We need humongous microscopes to see Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. We cannot see them. And for the most part, I don't think they can see us either. So when Pluto is making its return, and in the process of making its return, bringing a great deal of destruction in its wake, when Neptune is having its Neptune opposition, and in the process of its opposition, creating a spring and a summer of a pure dense fog or sending us into the Great Depression or any of these other things that we see going on, I don't think that that's those three planets doing something specifically to us. I don't think as if they have the ability to see us in that way, but I think that the universe demanding for some change to happen somewhere, we receive the, the you know, we receive the, 
what do you call that that wave after a wave um not the tsunami but i mean we the, the aftershock, you know, okay. you know, like uh-huh. the, the, the <laughs> tsunami. I mean, <laughs> it feels like a tsunami. What you're describing, like a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but but it's like it's like you know, there's something greater that's being brought into manifestation now. There's something greater that's being ushered into our consciousness now, and there's something greater that's being ushered into our human experience now. And the fact that we get negatively impacted by it, we can't take that seriously or we can't take that personally, rather. We can take it seriously, but we can't really take it personally mm-hmm. because at this moment, the, the cosmos around us is changing in order to make space for something greater. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that change to make space for something greater is precipitated by moments of disillusionment and moments of fear and moments of not having security and moments of feeling as if the entire world around you is falling apart. At the precipice of great change is always a great amount of anxiety. You know, I'm from the Bahamas and in the Bahamas, we have hurricanes. Hurricanes is our particular natural disaster. And it is an awful experience to pass through a hurricane. If you've ever passed through a hurricane, before uh, a category five hurricane that is an awful experience and you feel as if you're not going to make it and you feel as if you're going to die but you don't die and you open your doors and you go out and there's something electric about the air because in the wake of all of that devastation the air is crisp and the air is clean and your mind is crisp and your mind is clean and you automatically start thinking about how to recreate the world around you, knowing that you cannot recreate the world in the same way that it existed before because that old world is gone. But in the wake of devastation and in the wake of destruction, we have this renewed fire of creative zest within ourselves that allows us to not only recreate ourselves, but it allows us to recreate our communities and ultimately recreate our relationship to the world. And that's what I'm most looking forward to, Amanda, as we move forward. I'm looking forward to this opportunity to to create a world anew. Because at the end of the day, if we're not dead, you know, not if we're not dead, but at the end of the day, we're still here with the rats and the roaches. Did you know that that they said that rats and roaches are the only two things that can survive um what was it an atomic bomb or something that if if the world was to be destroyed the rats and the roaches would still be here so (laughs) at the end of the day exactly at the end of the day if we're here with the rats and the roaches like we have this opportunity to create our world anew and i think that that's a really exciting thing because why not yeah well and i mean do you believe that we chose to be here at this time i definitely do I definitely do. You know, I, I watch um, Outlander. Do you, do you, have you ever watched Outlander? Not really. I like watched one, but I haven't watched the whole thing. It's an extraordinary show about this, about star-crossed lovers and they time travel to be with each other. It's this whole thing. And, you know, I watch Outlander sometimes and I'm like, I wish I was born in like the 16th century or I wish I was born in the 17th century or I wish I could experience that old world value where the education was different and people's interest in things were different versus being here with the Instagram and the social media and all of these things that distract us from really living a deeply meaningful life. But at the end of the day, I think that this is the greatest moment in human history. And I think that we have 
tools that we've never had before and we have technology that we've never had before and we have opportunities like this to be sitting down and having this conversation right now on opposite sides of the world and that has never really been possible before and so i think that this moment is truly an extraordinary moment and that still we haven't seen what else is there to come and i'm excited about what else is coming and i'm excited about being alive within this century and also about being able to participate in this moment of extraordinary change and participate in creating a brighter tomorrow. Wow, so much good stuff, Michael. I mean, one of the things you talked about earlier is you know, this, this sense that we, we won't be able to trust our normal senses, the normal navigation system, the normal structures and things that we normally do trust. Mm -hmm. And in that, we're forced to develop additional senses additional mm -hmm. powers, you know, additional tools and navigation systems. And it sounds like we're, we're going to be in positions where it's, it's by necessity that we mm -hmm. will need to tap into deeper levels of, of who we are. And, and, you know, it's, it's like if you, when, when people are blind or mm -hmm. you know deaf, they, they, they actually cultivate their other senses so much more finely tuned. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's we're going to be in a similar situation throughout the next year or like how, how long are you thinking this quote unquote hurricane period will be? Because <laughs> we, we've, we've definitely been in it. So like how long is this hurricane? And when is that like walking outside and being like, let's create the world anew? You know, I, I definitely I, I, I was looking at the um, at the Aries ingress chart for America this past week. And for this coming 2022, and even with the Neptune opposition that we have coming up, and even with the entire Pluto return that we have coming up, we have Neptune squaring the ascendant within the Aries ingress chart for Washington, and from the from the tenth house of the of the government, and I mean that within itself is is a message if if ever there was one and so at least for this year you know at least for this year we know that we're going into an aptunian period we know that we're going into a period that is you know the disillusionment once again the fog versus illumination and really knowing that oftentimes that fog is what forces us to wanting to even find illumination in the first place so we know that we're going into this period and we know that we're having Neptune as being a major thing within the, the Aries ingress chart, even for the USA for this coming year. And so at least for this coming year, I think that I am personally, me and my house, we're preparing ourselves to, to really know that we have to tap into our own resources. We have to stock up our own resources and we have to really make sure that we have the ability to, even in the light of things passing away, even in the light of systems of security passing away, that we have the ability to actually stay safe and actually also be able to support ourselves and feed ourselves and not just feed ourselves in a physical way, because I don't think that it's like that, but I mean, really feed ourselves and nurture ourselves. It's like when, when you hear a, a big piece of bad news because someone who you thought you could trust was hiding something from you and then it gets revealed and then you, you, you're met with the disappointment in that and you're met with a level of anxiety in that. And you're like, well, who can I trust? You know, who, like, if I couldn't trust this person, who can I actually trust? I'm I'm reminded of um I'm reminded 
of what what is it? What was the nuclear power plant in the Soviet of Chernobyl and how in Chernobyl the the powers that be, the forces that be, they kept that a secret from people for a very long time. Well, not for a very long time, but they kept it a secret for at least a month before they actually let it be revealed how deep the impact and the devastation of Chernobyl actually was. And so people were getting sick and people were dying and people were still living within the within that framework of that environment, not even realizing how much toxicity was in the air. And so you have this internal sense that people fundamentally weren't able to trust the powers that be anymore. And they had to find a deeper way of other things to trust, whether that was turning to faith, whether that was turning to things like the astrology that we practice, whether that was turning to some other systems of support within their lives. Like that's kind of the the feeling that I get. And so I definitely feel as if that's something that we're all going to have to Think about from now, like what are our systems of support when everything else seems to be washed away? What else do we have that we can actually hold on to that we can claim as ours, no matter what the external circumstances of life may be? That brings me to my next question, which I think I know your answer. And we will actually be addressing this tomorrow. And and you gave us a little insight into what you personally are doing to prepare Mm -hmm. for what's ahead. But what what would you say to our community here knowing what you know about the astrology for next year, what can they be doing between now and, you know, the end of the year and or the beginning of next year to, to be prepared for these, these waves, this fog, you know, whichever analogy you want to use. Well, I think Amanda, like more than ever now is the time for people to really find their thing, you know? And I think that, your thing is something that's separate and apart from the job that you have or separate and apart from your family relationships and it's separate and apart from from your friends and everything else. But what is your specific thing? What is the thing that gives you a sense of joy and fulfillment within your life? What is the thing that nothing else relies on? You know, no one is dependent on you to do this thing, but it's something that's purely yours. What is that thing that keeps you warm when you pass through the darkest nights, is it astrology? Is it having a yoga practice? Is it having a Reiki practice? Is it having a meditation practice? What is the thing that allows you to feel safe no matter what's going on in the world around you? What is the thing that allows you to feel a sense of stability and ease even if you, if dishonesties within the world around you are revealed and those dishonesties fundamentally make you doubt your relationship to your environment around you? What is your thing? And and for me, once again, you know, my thing and, and our thing here is really astrology because the astrology allows us to refocus ourselves. And what I've started personally as a as a as a practice for myself is I've started going through my own life as an astrological retrospective and making a journal of my own life experiences through the lens of astrology. And that it has become my thing. And, and that gives me a sense of fulfillment and a sense of joy to really do that for myself and go through those major years and write a book about me, for me, just for my own gratification and my own viewing, because that fundamentally makes me feel as if the things I've gone through in my life have been purposeful. And I think the the thing that is hardest for people when they go through a Neptunian situation is on a personal level, but also on a global level, 
is that there isn't this awareness of what your purpose actually is. You know, when, when we when we pass through Neptune, we lose all sense of why we're here or what we're doing. And it fundamentally, it, it forces us to release everything that we thought we knew and surrender and open ourselves up to something else. In the Kabbalistic Tarot, the Hanged Man, which is card number 12, corresponds with water in one sense. And after the discovery of Neptune, they said that it corresponded with Neptune as well. And if we think about the hanged man, the hanged man is this moment of realizing that he himself cannot do anything else of his own powers. And he has to let himself go. He has to hang himself on this world tree and allow for something greater than himself and greater than his own efforts to illuminate his life. And oftentimes when we pass through Neptune, that is exactly the demand that's being made on us that we allow ourselves to let go of everything we think we know about what security looks like and allow some greater source of illumination to speak to our lives and to guide our way forward. And we can begin preparing for that through establishing for yourself a spiritual practice. That is more than anything else an appropriate thing to do when you're passing through Neptune because your spiritual practice, it doesn't feed anyone else other than you. It doesn't, you know, no one is paying you to have a spiritual practice. Nothing depends on your spiritual practice other than your own peace of mind and your own sense of clarity and foundation within the world. Because ultimately, when we pass through Neptune, we forget everything. And unfortunately, we also forget those spiritual practices that we were cultivating before the storm. So I think it's also important as a, as a final piece for me that people, if you start cultivating a practice for yourself right now, whether it's astrology or yoga or tarot or whatever that spiritual practice may be, if you start cultivating a spiritual practice right now, know that you have to still, you have to continue practicing that thing even when the storm comes. Because when the storm comes, we tend to forget all of the cultivation that we've done before, all of the preparation that we've done before, and we allow ourselves to fall victim like everybody else around us. But you have to be able to still utilize those tools that you're developing now in the interim before the actual, you know, proverbial stuff hits the fan. You have to allow yourself to utilize those tools even as you pass through that valley of the shadow so that you can find yourself cultivating a greater sense of strength while you're passing through that moment as opposed to feeling as if you're going through the dark night of the soul without other tools at your disposal to actually see you through. Gosh, Michael, it's making me think, you, you, do you ever do things for yourself that you know will help you when you need it? So like you, you put your keys in a place where you know that you're going to find mm -hmm. them. You, you know, it's, it's making me think that it would be smart of us to actually put those little things in place now for ourselves for when things get hard. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, can you leave yourself notes somewhere? Can you like have some sort of thing that triggers your, you to remember to go back to that place of, of your own center, your own spiritual practice, whatever that is. Um, because that is the, it's, it seems like one of the first things that we let go. And mm -hmm. it's usually because there's a lot of demands, you know, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of, you know, maybe you're not sleeping, maybe, you know, people need things from you, whatever it is, but it's the easy, one of the easiest things to let go and probably the most important thing to maintain. Mm -hmm. So setting ourselves up for success in that now, you know, just knowing that it will get hard 
but putting things in place where even when it's hard, you're still reminded, even if it's just a moment, you know, even if it's cultivating the practice of waking up in the morning and saying, thank you. And then at the end of the day, just saying, thank you. Like mm-hmm. for no matter what happened that day. And that's something I've been practicing. And I've noticed the days that I miss the thank you, it sets a really weird tone for the, for the day. And then I'll look back and be like, wow, I just like jumped into emails or I just, you know, got out of bed and started running and, and forgot to have that one moment of gratitude that just centers me in a really different energetic frequency than, than the go, go, go or do or whatever else. So yeah, Michael, mm-hmm. thank you so much. I mean, it, if you all have loved hearing from Michael today, we get to have several more opportunities to hear from Michael, which I am so stoked about. It's going to be so fun to see you engaging with Rick Merlin Levine, who loves you, by the way. When I told <laughs> when I told him that I told Rick that we were that we had invited you and I hadn't heard yet, and he said, "Will you tell Michael that I will hunt him down and I will drag him to this event? He needs to be on that panel." I was like, "Okay, I'm going to tell him that." So uh, Rick, who's very excited to have you on the panel. As I, I love Rick. <laughs> yes, he's amazing. And then we have Divine Harmony and Adam Gainsbourg. And, and all four of them are just so excited to be showing up for this event and 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 communi- communing with all of you in this community and with each other. So we're all mm-hmm. going to get to witness that together tomorrow. And then um, Michael is also going to be. And so if, you'd, if you want to join us for that, again, it's astrologyhub.com slash USA Pluto return astrologyhub.com slash USA Pluto return. That's a premium panel event that we're doing on Friday, November 12th. If you're watching this later than November 12th, you can, you can still get the recording. So um, still go to that link. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're also going to be featured on our free 2022 forecast event, which is where we're going to have 12 astrologers all talking about 2022. So lots of different perspectives, lots of different um, nuggets of input. It's a two-day event, and we'll just be having an, an incredible conversations about 2022, the biggest transits. I love that you just focused on Neptune because I haven't heard another astrologer really like hone in on Neptune for 2022. So thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. So we'll be we'll be having more conversations about more of the transits, more of the astrology, and as always, what we love to do at Astrology Hub, what you can do about it. You know what? Mm-hmm. How this information can actually help you make better choices in your life. So we'll be talking about that. That's December 8th and 9th. That event is totally free. Please join us, astrologyhub.com slash 2022 forecast. Astrologyhub.com slash 2022 forecast. Michael will be with 11 other astrologers on that day. And then the third opportunity to hang out with Michael that is coming up is he is going to be one of our inner circle guides for 2022. So inner circle members, get ready. This is so exciting to have you on board. And Michael, can you tell us a little bit well, actually, the forecast event is going to be our kickoff for our enrollment period for the inner circle. We open up doors twice a year. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be opening up doors in December, December 8th and 9th. And you'll be able to join us then if you've been if you've been sitting out and saying, oh, I think I might want to join this inner circle thing. December is going to be your time to do it. Michael, tell us a little bit about your mastery class. So every astrologer teaches a mastery class that is a top technique that they like to use or a teaching that they think is really important for students of astrology to learn. So can you tell us about the mastery class you're going to be teaching at the, uh, in the inner circle? Well, Amanda, I've been going back and forth about this because there's so much to share and I've, I've really been trying to contain it all, but I, 
I'm really deeply passionate about predictive astrology and ways in which people can integrate predictive astrology more clearly within their own lives. And so I'm I'm trying to, I, I know you, you had mentioned to really make it something that people could sink their teeth into and run with and utilize. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm currently in the brainstorming process of putting all that together and really cutting out all the things that aren't necessary so that I could give people some really solid annual predictive astrology techniques that they can utilize within the context of just living more ahead of the wave. Because I think that that's really what predictive astrology allows us to do. It allows us to live ahead of the wave. And, you know, especially we're talking about Neptune. So there's, there's a lot of waves coming up. And I think that teaching people just how to find these things and how to turn these tools on within their own natal astrology practice for themselves and really give them some tools and techniques to make sure that no matter what you have coming up, whether you have uh, a tricky year coming up in your solar return or whether you have some really intense things coming up by secondary progression or by solar arc direction or whatever the case is, that people actually have tools within their back pocket to see these things before they come so that they, they can actively begin to make strategic strategies, essentially, for how to navigate their own astrological weather. So I'm I'm super excited to just teach people how to troubleshoot, how to be astrological technicians, how to be astrological troubleshooters for themselves and others. And that's why I'm going to be sharing my mastery class. I love that so much. And I love how you just said you're you're helping people and astrology helps us live ahead of the wave. Because you know, I live in Hawaii. So I, I'm I am I'm a very, 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 very novice surfer. My daughters. <laughs> are surfers and I'm surrounded by surfers, right? But the thing is when you know what the waves are gonna be doing, you know where to go, you know what board to bring, you know even if it's a day that you can't surf and you need to do something totally different. So yes. knowing the waves, and I'm using surfing as the analogy, but knowing the na- the waves en- enables you to really harness the energy of the ocean in a way that makes it the most fun and the yes. most enjoyable and the most productive. And so mm-hmm. if we're thinking of the astrological way, the, the, the cosmic currents, the astrological tides in the same exact way, just having that foresight enables us to know, you know, what tools to bring to the party, where we might want to be best situated to really make the most of that time mm-hmm. period. So I, I'm, I'm fully resonating with the usefulness and the helpfulness of having that heads up, you know, just Here's what's on the horizon. And, and then you get to make choice. It, I always say that it's, it's really empowering a deeper sense of choice and how you're going to respond versus being blindsided by, by the tides. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm excited. Oh, so are we. Don't forget to sign up for the free 2022 forecast event happening in December. And um, I just can't wait to have all these opportunities to be hanging out with you, Michael, and learning a lot more. Awesome. Thank you you so much. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye everyone.